So I hope you're benefiting from this session together. Since you're still here, I guess you must be. <laughs> but there's a particular uh, benefit of really, uh, you know, going through a whole session with the constraints and the restraint and the steady focus of that. Mm. It's giving you a sense of uh, kind of a belonging or a context that you can connect to, you have some trust in, is uh, not demanding, voluntary. Hopefully some of these teachings are encouraging or interesting, pertinent inviting you to look for yourself, investigate and talking about the ending of suffering this is the heart what we're doing so in that context you know you don't you don't have to have so much of an identity you have to be good about this or look like this or have one of these or be able to do that, just you've got the kit, you've got the equipment, you've got the body, you've got the mind, you've got ears, you've got a heart, and clearly you also have some technological access, <laughs> which is probably you know, a really wonderful asset in many respects. Mm. So then the rest of you, you know, you can just kind of let the rest of you go on hold. You, you do your job, your identity, your future. Just relax those. Mm. And that's that's the aim of retreat. Mm. Yeah. Which is a special amplification of meditation practice. So because you're actually creating a extended context within which, you know, naturally there will be good days and bad days and things coming up. But you're in a constant frame of reference is really not asking anything of you, apart from just to be there. Mm. You have to be good at it. Mm. Nobody's going to get a medal, no competition, no, identi- no identities, crisis or... Mm. So it's the relief of out of the social pressures of having to you know, even to talk a lot and there's a a very good dumber reason for that because we're liberating chitta liberating the heart is the liberating it from suffering and stress well, the heart, in general, is taken to be myself, who I am, my personality. You know? uh, and you begin to get the understanding that if you really get right up close to that quality, that experience of me, you see actually there's a lot of changing features there. Mm-hmm. It's not a fixed thing at all. There's some of it's repeated, they're repeated you know, patterns and programs and obsessions and, you know, memories, but 
It's not a fixed thing at all. It's, it's kind of fluid. And it's changeable. And sometimes bits of it fade out, which is great. And you feel better for it. <laughs> bits of the intensity or the anxiety or the self-identification with this, you just start to wither out, wither away because you're not feeding them. And you feel better. The less of your habitual personhood is running, there's <laughs> a kind of relief rather than a, a great loss. Because if you're doing it skillfully, what's left instead is a kind of open, stable, intelligent, sensitive space. Space, you could call it, or awareness, you could call it. It's not stupid, it's not full. And you consider, well, this is the way it has to be, isn't it? Because that's that's the blank page which the personality is written on. And it gets written on over years. You, know? you get the ideas of what you know you should be and should do and who you are and what you're not. And people call you this and call you that. And, and then you get very strongly programmed into doing this and behaving that way and making this happen and always getting that done. And you get all kinds of programs, obligation, uh, responsibility, um, fear, instability. You know, like I might lose my job, my this, my that, if I don't make this happen. So you get all these programs are shaping and pushing the chitta. Yeah. Just the need to keep performing and looking good. You know, looking bright, making getting things done, and getting things done fast. You know, that's a program, isn't it? That gets written on your on your chitta's page, on your sheet, on your. And if there were no sheet, there'd be nothing to write on. But actually, the nature of the page is quite quite blank and open by itself. That means that openness is really rather wonderful and uh, sensitive and acute. Thought dead. So we're starting to look at really, you know, reviewing this jitta, its heart states, and how much it's carrying in terms of its mm, need to be something. And the fear of not being good enough. Fear of being left behind. Inadequate. Useless. Stupid. Someone who can't get things right. These are these programs, these shitta sankaras, programs, and energies create a very compulsive chitta that's really wanting to hold on to something that's steady and secure and because if I hold on to something steady and secure I will be steady and secure. If I hold on to something that's steady and secure I will be steady and secure. That's the kind of reflex but of course, if I hold into something that's steady and secure, what occurs is I feel 
constricted and intense <laughs> and busy holding on because things are changing and holding on to something that's nature is to change can make you pretty intense and, and desperate because it's changing and every day things are changing and you're trying to hold on you're just trying to hold on to something that's secure last year's success is this year's normal let's get better and as we age as the song goes nobody loves a fairy when she's 40 (laughs) nobody loves a fairy when she's old (laughs) so yesterday's fairy is today's today's (laughs) derelict (laughs) holding on performance in the group and uh, so but then with the chitta sense of security so it's trying to hold on to something that it can't be held on to and that's its fundamental program mm. so if you know then it keeps generating new things to try to hold on to even meditation experiences so as we contemplate this we can't force it to let go because you can't force letting go there's a graduated release when things finally feel you don't need that they drop away you can't smack yourself around into letting go of things but after a while you just grow out of them you know chitta doesn't need that because it feels more secure in itself than in these programs and what is itself? <laughs> well, itself is not a person. A person is the net product of all these various programs which support an, an ongoing identity. And, you know, that's kind of what happens, isn't it? But also behind that, there's a kind of a knowingness and a sensitivity that's there. It's kind of always there. Sometimes it's buried. That's why we're returning to that because that one isn't made of programs that change, come and go. It doesn't have a manifestation. It's just a knowingness and and an openness and a stability. But of course, it's not a person. As we realize there are, very simply speaking, two ways in which chitta can, heart, can respond to phenomena. And the default one is to somehow cling to them, hold on to them. In which um, it, it acquires that somewhat contracted, busy shape, it's moving forward. Hold on to this so that the next thing will happen. Hold on to this until that comes along. Hold on to this as I can do that with it. It's very much about moving forward, you know, either in time or moving to a better state. Hold on to this so that something else will come up. 
if I hold on to this thought, you'll give me the answer. <clears throat> then I'll get the answer, I'll feel complete with that, and I'll move on to the next thing. Hold on to this sensation because it makes me feel good. It'll take me to a happier place. And you, and you begin to, as you watch this, you realize it actually doesn't do that. The thought doesn't take you to an answer, it takes you to the next thought. And the pleasant feeling doesn't take you to a, a fulfillment, it takes you to the next source of pleasant feeling. It goes on and on and on. So it actually doesn't, it doesn't, clinging to things doesn't produce the result that we imagine it might do. But there's another way in which Jitta can respond to phenomena. It's called mindfulness. Mindfulness doesn't cling to the phenomenon. It creates a kind of open loop, you might say, of attention around phenomena. It allows phenomena, thoughts, sensations, feelings, emotions, to move through, do what they do. It's not asking for the next thing. It's not seeking to arrive somewhere else. It's not seeking to accumulate anything so that I will be more of this and have more of this. It's just aware, present, allows phenomena, thoughts, feelings, emotions, moods, memories to flow through. And that's actually that's quite a stable place to be. And although what may arise and move through could be a little bit rocky at times, <laughs> that's that's the ongoing story, isn't it? Yeah. But so you don't want to be mindful of it. You'd sooner be for something else, please. But you know, getting over it. <laughs> We, you know, we can just it's possible to to find that stability which is open allows phenomena to move through we're not trying to destroy ourselves or say we don't exist but as one's worries and ambitions and anxieties move through And as seen as they are, and we're finding stability in being aware of them, there isn't the reflex need to create another one. Now, if my sense of what I am and what I belong to is made out of feelings and mind states, you know, that's what I, so I really want to get the good ones. Naturally, when one passes or moves along, we want another one. Because, you know, this is just a natural reflex. But if you're not grasping the mind state, then you find a stability that doesn't need another one. It doesn't mean that they're going to stop, it just means we don't need it. And then the next mind state comes, and the next feeling comes, and the next thought comes. That's okay. But there's not a compulsive need for them. And with that, a lot of them don't happen. There's no no trigger to get them going.
This is a long-term project. You know, say something like, you know, craving. Craving for a... What kind of you can crave for, really? Some taste, sight, sound, possession. Um, being somebody, having a great personality, or being famous, or being popular, or something like that. So I want to be that, and I'll be okay. And you, you crave, you realize it doesn't actually happen because you're left with this sense of because whatever does happen moves through, changes, and so eventually you, you lose your appetite for it. And particularly when you're finding greater stability in just being present, and then things change. There isn't the same hunger to get something new going. This is called ceasing, dispassion and ceasing, relinquishment of of attachment, upadi, acquisition. And that really has quite radical effects on the, the shape of the citta, becomes much more expansive, unconstricted. The temperature of it becomes steadier, cooler, more easeful. And it's in a pleasant abiding place. So, right now we might say, well, who are you now? What have you become? What have you... Where are you now? Are you somebody's wife? Or you've got a place in Glasgow? Or you're in, living in... County Mayo, or you're a, a manager of a something or the other, or you're a retired person living in Ipswich, or I don't know, <laughs> kind of, okay, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, who's that? Who's that? When you get down to the intimacy of it. There's nothing there, apart from just a sense of familiarity and memories and changeable moods. You know, being living in County Mayo or living in Ipswich, probably a different, different landscape, but actually in terms of your own state of being, there's nothing solid about it at all, is there? It's just changing phenomena. It's not an identity. You can make an identity out of a job, and there's very strong encouragement to do so for the purposes of the great economy. Believe in your job. Believe you are a manager. Believe you, if you get good at it, you can be uh, a manager of a big department and so on. So there's a lot of push for that, and you'll get some more money or kudos of some kind. And what you get generally is more stress. Uh, and internally, you know, when you go to sleep at night, you're not a manager. When you're sick, you're not a manager. You're just a jitter feeling what it feels. So how much of our jitter do we give away to these identities that are sometimes foisted upon us?
and entities which are just programmed by what we're involved with. Uh, say you're a manager, then other managers might get jealous of you because you're better than them, or they think you're so good so they give you more work to do, or you're not good enough so they give you the sack, or you think like, oh, it's just a game, you know, I'm not... <laughs> or you say some, you know, living in Ipswich, I don't know why I've got Ipswich on my mind today, but say you're a middle-aged woman in Ipswich, and right now you don't have a job, so... We think you're useless or incompetent or a failure because you're not anything special. You know? So you get other people's opinions about about this identity that you don't really even have. <laughs> you deal with that. <laughs> if even being even being Ajahn Suchito isn't 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 a great thing, you know. <laughs> as as an aim. Because, you know, people can like it and people can dislike it and people can have opinions about it and, and, you know, expect something of it or, I don't know, various reactions they can have to this manifestation. Yeah, but it's just kind of what I do, really. (laughs) Uh, It happens because there's a visible form and there's a voice and speaking and, and that kind of inclination. But uh, it changes, it's a constantly changing thing. And within that, there's a sort of a sense of knowing and an aspiration to help people of some kind, some or another, and talking about what happens, just trying to tell the truth. Which seems a, just a useful thing to do as a human being, tell the truth. <laughs> and, and be kind. I don't make an identity like out of that, like I'm the only one who's doing it, <laughs> or I'm better than anybody else. It's not an identity; it's just an in, you know, it's just a jitter's inclination is to be truthful and to be kind. There's no personal claim on that. But then, if you focus on that, you can do that. You can tell the truth, can't you? Either the truth is, yeah, there's a lot of suffering here, or you know, there's real sense of doubt going on, or a lot of restlessness, a lot of restlessness is occurring. I really tell the truth, rather than I'm a restless person. No, the truth of the matter is that there was a lot of restlessness occurring, or you called it restlessness, these agitations, and, and you felt bad about it. And then felt bad about it, that feeling bad about it became a self-reference. I'm a restless person, I wish I wasn't restless. And look closely into restlessness. What's it trying to do? Find something stable and comfortable to get into, not feeling comfortable with this. That seems truthful enough and understandable, nothing blameworthy about that. So, Look for what will give you a sense, give your chitta some comfort, stability. You might try a number of things, but my recommendation is whatever you, whatever you do, whatever you find, do that which will allow you to return to a stable, open awareness of that state. Not add more things, but 
whatever relationship you have to restlessness, however you discern it and hold it in your body and feel it moving around your body rather than acting upon it, you can be the witness of that. It's not the nicest thing to witness, but there are a lot worse things to witness than restlessness. You can do it. And rather than saying, I'm never going to feel restless again, no, that's an identity statement. Restlessness is like this. Engineering, stay warm, anxious. What's needed? What's needed? A bit of kindness, maybe. Maybe a bit of breathing out, maybe some walking. So stewarding, staying aware of rather than psyched, panicked, blaming, judgmental about impermanent conditions rise and pass. So you're not making an identity out of being a meditator who should be calm and steady and serene. Another, another pitfall, isn't it? It's got to get good at it. If they get good at it, they'll get the good results. Sounds logical, but what is being good at meditation? Isn't it the ability to sustain mindfulness over mental phenomena as they arise and pass? What do you expect mindfulness to be? Something that will make things go away? Or something that will just sustain spacious awareness? And as we meet the suffer as the suffering arises, maybe in that meeting place, instead of the reaction of aversion and complaining and selfing, self-referencing, there could be something more spacious and compassionate, mysterious qualities that jitta will produce by itself. The jitta produces these qualities called enlightenment factors by itself. You know, crank them out. Of course, you look at these lists, you can think, oh yeah, seven of these, right, get one, get two, get three, then I've got to get the five of these and six of these. That's a personality view. Personality view is one of the first major obstacles for awakening. Instead, recognize if you sustain sati, if you cultivate right view, your attention is naturally going to be poised in an open, stable place contemplating, yeah, and so on, and beginning to respond carefully to what's going on. Mm. So then the identity, the old identity, with its barnacles and scars and compulsive knots and tangles, <laughs> It starts to release out of the compulsive grip of I've got to be, I've got to have, I am not, I am. Just no. You are many things. There are many things that flow through you, I imagine. Some of them not especially agreeable. Some of them you really wouldn't want to talk about. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Learn. Yeah. Now you can let these things move through, and your support, 
stable presence, body, standing, sitting, walking, you can do that. Reclining, you can do that. Bodies do that, breathing in and out. That's happening. That's the truth. And the little bit we need is just this faith, getting our energy balanced, drawing energy to the collected axis, the collected focus, letting it disengaging from putting too much emphasis onto phenomena so that there's a degree of uh, sustained mindfulness and collectedness and discernment. Mm-hmm. You see, this is not worth following. This response, this reaction doesn't do anything useful. And, you know, as you more honestly and clearly that is understood and lingered it, so you see the results of a little bit of letting go of some of the impulse to become and change and fix. And instead of that movement on, there's just an opening, a lingering and an openness. Chitta, awareness. Thinking mind can go into things. What am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? What am I supposed to do about my job? What am I supposed to do about family? What am I supposed to do about, you know, getting a living? What am I supposed to do? um, You know, it's all right for him, but I'm 35 years old living in Birmingham. I've got to get get to work tomorrow. (laughs) Okay, just, what does that feel like? (laughs) Bit of panic there. Let's just meet that. We all get that. <laughs> Panic, anxiety, just that one process. So we'll, we'll deal with that when it happens. You know, one point panicking. You know, if you're mindful now, the chances are tomorrow or whenever it is you go to work, you've got more capacity to be mindful because you've sustained it. You've allowed disagreeable feelings to rise and pass. You've allowed all kinds of mind states to rise and pass. That's what's going to happen tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. (laughs) So this is really worth, this is a long-term foundation. And I say, well, then why bother? Why bother to meditate? Because by and large, the chitta isn't mature yet. So it, we need these supports, and also we owe it to the chitta to for it to understand and recognize a territory beyond the world with something really open and spacious, quiet and loving and warm, that will make it stronger and more capable of being with conditions as they arise. So while we retreat, we can 
consider this, you know, there are things we allow to pass, there are qualities that are worth lingering on, the openness, the cooling, the loving, the heartfulness, because these are food for the heart. And for many of us, over a lifetime, or lifetimes, the heart has been devoured, chewed up by fear and worry and compulsion and craving and pain. So now we're actually feeding it, giving good feed while there's the opportunity. And we've got the strength, the capacity, the stronger, more resourceful chitta is able to meet the world in a more fulfilling and dispassionate way. <laughs>